Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. It's me, Rob, in the studio, and of course Dale as well. Um, Jean's away still, uh, but not for long. She'll be back in a little so don't you worry about that. Uh, we are the dogs. Uh, we are the defenders of government schools, D-O-G-S, defenders of government schools. Yeah, we basically believe that um, education is too important to put into the hands of private enterprises or religious bodies of any sort and that if you're going to pay your taxes to educate the children of the nation, then all those children should go to schools which are free, which are secular, and they used to say compulsory, but I would say universal, open to all. And I think that's where the taxpayers' money should go. That's where the dogs think the taxpayers' money should go when it comes to education. Unfortunately, that position has to be defended because there are many people that want your taxes, my taxes, to be spent on private enterprises which involve the education of small numbers of students, students which are exclusive in schools which are not free, which are not universal, and in many, many cases are not at all secular. And we don't think that um, the state's money should go to those enterprises. It's a pretty simple position. Um, it's one that's universal pretty much around the world because everyone realises it's too otherwise, is, is not in the interests of a society. However, in Australia, um, there is... A long tradition going back a couple of generations now, not, not, not so long as you'd think, but it goes back until the 60s and the 70s. Whitlam was actually the one that brought it in in, in large scale. Um, only goes back that far, uh, where taxpayers' money does not go to public schools. It, well, it does, but it also goes to private schools to subsidise the education of the wealthy and to subsidise the education of those people who choose to separate their children out from the rest of us. So... Bearing that in mind, if you're new to the program, you probably realise that that, sound, that that statement itself might sound unduly complicated, and it might well it might just sound really obvious and simple. Um, but if you're new to the if you are new to the program, you realise that that statement's actually immensely controversial in Australia, which is why we're on 3CR because we can get away with controversial things quite happily, and we can actually speak the truth to power because we're not beholden to anyone here at 3CR. Uh, no one pays my wages because I don't get any here because this is a community radio, so I can say what I like. And we investigate in detail the state of education in Australia. And Dale and myself will be doing this because in the last couple of weeks there are a series of events which have come along which can only really be described by many people if you live overseas as being corrupt. Um, gaming the system, at least, um, rent-seeking in the extreme, uh, because there's a very interesting article published by, uh, well, there's a couple actually, it's interesting, um, Henrietta Cook, who used to be the education editor of The Age, um, disappeared off and did some other things, but she's back. She got a leak. 
She got a leak from the independent schools, Victoria. It's really rather interesting. And I think we should follow this in some detail because it's been picked up by a number of people now because it's really kicked off. The leak came in just before or on or about October the 6th, so it's quite recent. Um, something crossed Henrietta Cook's desk. And it was the funding makeup for independent schools in Australia, not public schools, not Catholic schools, because Catholic schools by definition can't be independent because they're always dependent upon the Pope apparently or something like that, I don't know. But the independent schools. Now, independent schools in Australia is a strange euphemism. Um, mm. It's a weird word actually. Um, what they're saying is that they're independent of control from anyone except often they are. They're controlled by local churches, they're controlled by archdiocese if they're Anglican, but they're basically all of the religious schools in Australia that aren't Catholic. They all come under the heading or the banner of independent schools. There are, and I can count them on the fingers of one hand, a number of private um, secondary and primary schools which are not religiously based and are independent. There's a couple of schools that are like that, um, but not very many at all. Most of them are just religious schools that aren't Catholic, and the way we express that in Australia is we call them independent schools. Now, I'm just going to go through some details that came out of this leaked report, which we've put across Henrietta Cook's desk. It related to how funding is going to be allocated under Gonski 2.0 to the independent schools of Victoria. Indeed, the independent schools of Australia. But specifically to Victoria, and Henrietta Cook pointed out what's going to happen at a place called Lauriston Girls' School. Now, the Lauriston Girls' Schools, for those who don't know, is an immensely wealthy inner-city school in Melbourne, in an eastern school. Um, it is a religious school, um, and the fees there, if, you don't, if you're not willing to cough up $28,000 a year to put your child in there, um, then you can't get in. Okay. Certainly not open access. I'm sure there are, in fact, I know there are some students there on scholarships. Uh, they are immensely uh, clever students, and I know, because between you and me, don't tell anyone, dear listeners, um, I've worked in this school. <laughs> it is one of the most privileged schools in Melbourne, the most privileged schools in Melbourne. The kids that go there are extraordinary, actually. Um, I have to say, in terms of they do use that privilege to good effect at Lauriston Girls' Schools, I cannot say that what goes on inside that school is not to the benefit of those girls. There's some very good teachers, there's some very good stuff going on, and there's some awesome resources being put into those girls. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get stuck into the girls, and I'm certainly not going to get stuck into the teachers in that school, because they do an awesome job in there. They have all sorts of resources. And one of the resources they have in that school, it turns out, is they have resources allocated to people who are very good at filling out paperwork. And you go, well, what's that got to do with anything? Let me explain. Because as of... Well, what, this, this is what's about to happen. Remember, oh, maybe it was about six months, eight months ago, I'm sure, Dale, you can remember, there was a talk of some rich schools having money taken away from them. And, you know, just some of the very rich ones that don't really need it, like Scots College yeah. and, and, and Finstone. And Isn't that Birmingham? Yeah, yeah, yeah Birmingham is shoving up and down saying, oh, we're going to take some money off the very rich schools because we need, we, we need to send funding in some equitable way. extraordinary of him to say. It was. It was. Well, Henrietta Cooks found out how, how these very wealthy schools have fought back. Mm-hmm. And just let me describe it because I think this is fascinating. Lauriston Girls School is one of the big winners and it will actually stand to receive almost $3.2 million each year extra on top of what they get between 2018 and 2027. Now, this is according to analysis 
of what was previously secret but now is in the public domain data that will actually inform the Turnbull government's new Gonski 2.0 school funding model. So the funding of this rich school won't go down, it will go up. Now let me explain why. Another school, Biliac, is set to receive an extra $2.7 million. St Catherine's School is going to receive an extra million dollars. And Christchurch Grammar School will receive an extra half million dollars over that period of time. Now, why? How is this funding model gone to the point where ridiculously rich schools are now receiving extra money above and beyond what it was they would have received under the original Gonski mm. model? Well... The dramatic change and rise in estimated funding has largely been driven by these schools reporting significantly higher numbers of students, get this, with a disability. I'm just going to let that sit there. Lauriston Girls School is reporting significantly higher numbers of students at Lauriston Girls School, and I've been in there, by the way. I can tell you, they're lovely girls. They're getting a good education but they're reporting significantly higher numbers of students with a disability. Now, this is contained in a confidential report which has been attained by Henrietta Cook that shows the Victorian independent schools reported, get this, 26% of students in independent schools are reported to have a disability. 26? One in four. That's... One in untrue. four. Now, this compares with 17% for Victorian state schools. Now, we know Victorian state schools take all comers. And 13% for Victorian Catholic schools. Well, the Catholic schools have done the reporting because Catholic schools are attempting to create a point of difference between themselves and state schools. And the Catholic schools are appointing the point of difference by saying that we don't have all the rubbish kids at Catholic schools because we can kick them out. So the Catholic schools are under-reporting students with disability I reckon the Victorian secondary college, they've got no reason to say one way or the other, 17%. That's about, you know, one in, oh, what's that, one in five? One in five students has has a disability of some sort. Wow. Anyway, I'm just going to leave that. Wow. At Lauriston Girls School, they're reporting that one in four of the girls in that school have a, a disability. A quarter of their students are disabled. Yes, yes. What they, the claim is. Yes, yes. How do they get away with that? Uh, here we go. To establish that a student has a disability requires a large number of hurdles and hoops to be jumped through. Mm. In state schools, there are no resources. Of course, you don't have access to the... Resources for the, for the, for the form-filling out people to get the classification wow. of disability. But... It gets more interesting than that, and this is the bit that I find interesting. I started off saying that in many countries this will be considered corrupt practice. Mm. Well, okay, maybe there are one in four students sure. at Lauriston Girls and at St Catharines and at Christchurch Grammar. Maybe one in four students do have a disability. Maybe or maybe not. Let's check it. Let's audit it. Let's find out whether these self-report measures, though, yeah. these are self-report measures, are accurate. So self-report measures that get the extra funding. Yes. So you don't, that's not being audited at all. Like, like you just hand in the form that says, give us this extra funding and they just rubber stamp it and say, okay. No, 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 so no. So no. someone's got to check it somewhere. Yep, but they can't. Why? Because an assessment of disability is a confidential matter. Of course it is. 
That's a you see, beautiful little you, loophole they found. See, you see how it goes here? Wow. It's a great deal of effort and energy. And I know if, there's, if you're out there and you're a parent or you know someone who actually, actually does have a disability, and by the way, I'm not sitting here bashing people with disabilities. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, quite the opposite. In fact, quite the opposite. In fact, I think this is insulting to people who have disabilities. It is. It's a cynical, money-grubbing move that, that people who are truly dis- disabled, um, differently abled, should be incredibly offended by. Absolutely. And because you know... If you're in that situation, the hoops you have to jump through to get anything out of the government. You've got to jump through this hoop and that hoop and you get transferred around the houses. Anyone with like a, an emotional or, oh. or anyone who wishes to say that I have a disability or I'm differently abled and so therefore I have these needs, you mm. know what the world's like in Australia. Sure. But at Lauriston Girls School, wow. someone fills out the paperwork for you because if they do that, then the school gets an extra $3.2 million. Wow. An extra $3.2 million for an independent school like Lauriston Girls. Wow. Now, um, well, this was released by Henry Cook on the 6th of December. I'd just like to now report on, what's, on, on, on what her second take was. On further analysis of the document, she wrote an article in The Age on the 9th of October, and she said that once, of course, she released this this was confidential information that she released in the age. Um, once, basically, people were then accused, as I am now, accused the independent schools of gaming the system to almost double their federal funding for students with disabilities. In a rare moment of unity, the Australian Education Union and the Catholic Education Office in Melbourne have joined together to call for an independent review on new disability data tied to the CONSCI 2.0. Mm-hmm. So, mm. AEU... And Stephen Elder at the Catholic Education Office have gone and said, well, okay, Independent Schools Victoria, you're breaking from the pack, you're being, you're gaming the system, we're both going to start beating up on you. Now, funding, of course, was previously based on medical assessment, but under the new system, it is based on teachers' assessments of students' needs. See how this is going down? Wow. See how the system has changed? Jeez. So now maybe we can see why the independent school system supported the change to Gonski 2.0. Even though on the face of it they were losing money, they knew this was how the whole thing was going and they were preparing to game the system, even as they were supporting the Gonski 2.0. Now, the um, the Australian Education Union's federal president, uh, Karina Haythorpe, called for an independent audit into what appears to be a further gold-plating of the private system at the expense of children in public schools. Of course it is. <coughs> now, more than half of the total funding increases to Australians to students with disability are set to go to independent schools. And I tell you what, half of the kids aren't there. How many, what, what proportion of kids are actually in independent schools? It would be between 10 and 15%. So half of the extra funding for disability is going to 10 to 15% of the wealthiest children in Australia. Wow. Now, the Catholic Education Office, uh, Stephen Elder, described the new disability data as dodgy. He's grumpy too. Education Minister Simon Birmingham is letting wealthy independent schools, the biggest backers of his funding policies, gain the system, says Mr Elder. Mm, mm. Yes. Oh, Mr Elder, by the way, yeah, he used to be a Liberal politician, <laughs> just which I think is fascinating. (laughs) He says public funding data for students with a disability would now be steered towards schools with the most creative data collection practices. 
and away from students who actually need it. And do you know what? This is the first time I've ever agreed with Stephen Elder. Oh, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Elder said something. I say, there you go. I'm not prejudiced. No, no. If, if it's correct, if, if you, it doesn't matter who says it. That's it's right. the truth. Yeah. He also goes on to say, no one believes the new disability data is credible. Really? He says it inherently favours wealthy schools and they can afford to make more adjustments for their students and they also have staff to complete all the paperwork. Uh, funding applications. Have you ever tried to fill out one? Oh, oh they do your head, head in. in. <sighs> Imagine, but the, I, I'm sure these schools can afford to hire someone. They do, hire, and they have. Absolutely. And they have. I've been inside, Lorist. I've worked there. So, yeah, so yeah, there's, there's a position inside a school now specifically for writing grant applications. Well, put it this way. I have been to schools in Melbourne, worked in schools in Melbourne, private schools Jesus. in Melbourne, where they, ha- where they have a barista in the staff room. <laughs> well, you know, I Do mean... Do you know what? I think it's a very nice idea. Sure, I mean, you know, great. Great. great if I'm not yeah. paying for it. That's right. And maybe, that, maybe they sacked the barista and, and hired a form-filling out person because that was probably, from their point of view, a more profitable thing, thing to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. Isn't this amazing? Because but it totally t- changes the nature of the institution itself because it's gone from a place where you go to um, dis- disseminate information and share and educate mm-hmm. to a purely profit-driven machine. Yep. yep. And how can people be okay with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, how can people like, be okay with... We have this, we have this national... Dis- we. we, we <laughs> The NDIS? Yeah, we we have the NDIS. This is now on the agenda for people with disabilities who've been fighting for for, all of their lives and the lives of Mm. generations to be recognised as as, as full citizens and and, and be put in a position where they can participate in in this great country of ours, Australia. (laughs) I mean, this has been going on for generations and we finally get to a point we finally get to a point where people are looking and listening and money is being directed and then where does the money go? Of course, some dodgy spiv comes in and finds a way to diddle everyone out of. But the dodgy spiv is Lauriston Girls. The dodgy spiv. I know that's the scary is thing. Trinity Grammar. And and these these places are lauded as oh. as as upholding values of oh, yeah. virtues that we're supposed to want to aspire to. Yeah. You. Re- it's the values of yeah. It's only wrong if you catch me. Yeah, it's quite Spartan in nature, isn't it? Oh, anyway, Federal Education Department figures obtained uh, by the Education Union and the Freedom of Information show that the disability loading for Victorian independent schools will increase from 63 million in 2017 to to, to double, 123 million dollars wow. next year. Then it will grow to 220 million by, by by 2027. The Catholic school system will lose their disability funding because they have been in some way honest about the whole process. And there we are, Stephen Elder. I've said it again. Yeah. Independent, independent school. Now, how do they defend this? Here we go. Independent schools chief, Michelle Green. She's the one responsible for this. Says the figures do, did not lend themselves to easy point scoring, she says. This is her quote. Okay, that's what she says. So okay. stop, stop being nasty. Then she goes on to say the figures reflect a recognition of a need that was previously not recognised. Uh. Fair enough. They also reflect a redistribution of funding within schools' entitlements to increase the funding for students with disability at the expense of other loadings that a school might receive. Ah! So what she's what saying... What does that mean? Can I say? Yeah. Because Birmingham was going to take some money off her mm-hmm. because they were getting too much, uh-huh. she said, we have to, have to get this back by, 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 by doing this disability thing. <laughs> so that's fair. And that's a legitimate reason? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my that, that's, Well, that, she says... 
Um, these figures reflect a redistribution of funding within a school's entitlement to increase the funding for students with a disability at the expense of other loadings that the school might receive. So you take money away, we've got to get some back, otherwise it's not fair. The fact that we don't deserve any yeah. <laughs> is a moot point. Because it's all about the money. And then she says funding for students with a disability was not biased towards any sector. Well, that's, that's just not factually true. So that's not true. In 2016, Victorian independent schools reported 26% of their students had a disability. <laughs> well, that's what I just said. And they've also said that the, that the state schools reported 17% and Catholic schools 13%. Birmingham said further work was needed to improve the quality and consistency of the data. Oh, yeah, he just walks away. Walks away, blames Pass the data. The yep, he says the new system sets clear definitions and we're implementing a range of checks for funding for students with disability to ensure funding gets the students that needs it. Yeah, he just, he says nothing. He says, yeah, whatever. It's an SEP. Yeah, and he says some other things, and yeah, whatever. Oh, he says, oh, no, we're spending more money on schools and we're good, we're better than the Labor government and stuff. I know, yeah. that's what it matters. Yeah, so. yeah. Got to get that in. What does this all mean? Well, in, in political terms, it means one thing, and in actual real terms, it means something else. Um, in The Australian, there's an article on this by Stephanie Belloc, which I'm willing to comment upon. But also, Trevor Cobell's got something to say, and I'd like Dale to share that with us after, after this break. The state government wants to give property developers access to valuable inner-city land that is currently used for public housing. It has announced a large-scale renewal program that will involve the forced removal of tenants and the demolition of nine housing estates across Melbourne. Thousands of new homes will be built on the estates, but the vast majority of these will be privately owned. The developers stand to make big profits by cashing in on land that should be used for public housing. There are nearly 35,000 Victorians on the public housing wait list, and there is a housing affordability crisis across most of the state. The need for thousands of new public housing homes is critical. Instead, the government wants to let developers in to build thousands of unaffordable private apartments. Join a community rally to celebrate and defend public housing this Sunday, October the 15th, 1pm at Debney's Park, Mount Alexander Road, Flemington. There'll be speakers, music, kids' activities and a barbecue, organised by the Public Housing Defence Network, a 3CR supporter. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR and also on the podcasts on the www's and of course you can contact us at our website at www.adogs.info because we are the dogs, we are the defenders of government schools. We expose stuff. Um, what we're exposing now is the independent school system of Victoria <laughs> gaming the disability system to get themselves millions of dollars to, uh, to from from their point of view, get back the money that they would have lost if they'd lost money because they don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. I'm sure it doesn't make any sense to others. To make things a little bit clearer, I usually turn to Trevor Cobell who has some cogent arguments on this. And Dale here has one of his missives on this very particular t- topic, which I find just outrageous. Mm. I, I'm too actually angry you're upset to talk about it. So let's mm. hear what Trevor has to say on that. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Yeah, so I've got uh, Trevor's uh, report here from the 12th of October. It's entitled Elite Melbourne Private Schools to Get Big Funding Windfalls. Several Melbourne wealth, uh, several wealthy Melbourne private schools are set to get large windfall gains from the Turnbull government's Gonski 2.0 funding model after revisions to their assessed student need. Many of the schools will get increases of one to $3.2 million between 2018 and 2027 because their student need has been revised upwards due to implausible stories about disabilities. 
Lauriston Girls' School is the biggest winner with an increase of $3.2 million. Biolek College will get an increase of $2.7 million. Shelford Girls' Grammar will get $2.6 million. Scotch College, $2.4 million. St Michael's Grammar, $1.9 million. Strathcona Girls' Grammar, $1.4 million. And St Catherine's School, $1 million. Other increases include... 0.9 million for Karoa Girls School and 0.5 million for Christchurch Grammar. These funding increases are much larger than those planned under the previous need assessments. Just nine schools will receive over $9 million more than they would have under the previous assessment. The increase for Lauriston is over 10 times more than it would have received. The increase for Christchurch Grammar is over four times that it, that it originally estimated. The increase for St. Catharines is over three times its original estimate. The increase for Biolic College is over double its original figure. And that for Strathcona is nearly double. The funding increases are the result of revised schooling resources standards, or SRS, for these schools, which result in the, coven, in the current Commonwealth Government funding shares of the SRS being much lower than in the previous assessment. For example, the Commonwealth funding share of SRS for Lauriston has been revised downwards from 102.3% to only 49.6%. Other large revisions include Christchurch Grammar from 98.8% down to 66.9% and Biolic College from 86.5% to 55%. St Catharines from 92% down to 67.7% and Shelford Grammar from 72.4% down to 52.6%. The lower assessments mean larger funding increases to get schools up to the Commonwealth target of funding private schools at 80% of their SRS. The revisions will result in very large amounts of Commonwealth Government funding for many of these schools by 2027. Scott College will be receiving just over $8 million in Commonwealth funding in 2027. St Michael's Grammar, $6.3 million. Lauriston, $5.9 million. Biolic College, $5.6 million. And Shelford Grammar, just over $5 million. Strathcona, $4 million. These are some of the most elite schools in Melbourne. They are high-fee, wealthy schools serving some of the most privileged families in Victoria. The level of student need is very low. The My School website shows that each school had about 75% or more of its student from, students from the top quarter of socio-educationally advantaged, or SEA, families in 2017. They have no students or very few from the bottom SEA quarter. For example, 87% of students at Christchurch Grammar are from the top SEA quarter and none from the bottom quarter. Karoa has 85% of its students from the top SEA quarter and none from the bottom. Lauriston has 83% from the top quarter and none from the bottom. None of these schools have any Indigenous students. According to the Commonwealth Education Department, the dramatic increase in funding has largely been driven by these schools reporting significantly higher numbers of students with a disability. This is highly implausible. According to data provided to Senate estimates in July, the number of students with disabilities in these schools was very, very low in 2017. 
Senate Education and Employee Committee question on num- notice number SQ 17000796, budget estimates 2017-2018, if you want to check that quote. For example, Karaa and St Catharines has less than six disability students, Christchurch has 11, Lauriston has 12, and Shelford has 14. They represent only one to 3% of total enrolments in the school. The dramatic increase in disability enrolments is due to large is due to changes in how disability is assessed and funded in schools following the introduction of the nationally consistent collection of data on school students with disability or the NCCD. The assessment of disability has changed from a medical assessment and certification to a school assessment. The guidelines for the NCCD state that under the new approach, teachers and school staff of of a school will use their professional judgment to determine a level of adjustment students with disability receive as well as the broad category of disability of the student. The new arrangements for funding disability students are open to rorting because the funding loadings are large and because schools themselves determine their number of disability students and submit the figures to the Commonwealth Department of Education. Under this new system, independent schools in Victoria have reported huge increases in the numbers of disability students. A confidential report to a joint working of the National Education Minister's Council shows that independent schools in Victoria reported that 26% of their students had a disability under the new definitions in 2016, including 29% in primary schools. These are by far the highest proportions of disability students of any school sector in any state in the country. By comparison, public schools in Victoria reported 17% and Catholic schools 13%. Not all these students are eligible for disability funding loadings because there is a category determined not to need educational support beyond that reasonably expected as part of a standard classroom practice. However, The number of disability students eligible for Commonwealth funding in independent schools in Victoria is five times more than under the previous arrangements, compared with an increase of less than two times for public and Catholic schools. The report on the Joint Working Group revealed that 12.7 of Victorian independent school students were eligible for disability funding in 2016, compared with 10.6% percent of public school students and 8.9 percent in Catholic schools. This contrasts with the previous funding arrangements whereby only 2.5 percent of independent school students were funded disability students in 2016 compared to 5.6 percent in public schools and 4.7 percent in Catholic schools and that's based on data provided by the, to the Senate estimates. It is inconceivable that one in every four independent school students in Victoria has a disability. An independent audit of enrolments of disability students by independent private schools should be undertaken. The new system is open to rorting. The huge increases in disability students in independent schools are not credible and there is a very real possibility that the future funding increases will not be directed at those most in need. And that was Trevor's report uh, that came out on the 12th of October. You're listening to The Dogs on 3CR, 855 AM, and we're going to have a short break and we'll be right back. 
experience unconditional love and deep peace when Her Holiness Amma Sri Karunamai visits Melbourne for the following free public programs. Friday, October 20th, Spiritual Discourse at Fitzroy Town Hall from 7pm. Saturday, October 21st, Individual Blessings with Amma at St Kula Town Hall from 11am. And Sunday, October 22nd, Sacred Fire Ceremony at Rockbank Sri Durga Temple from 10am. For details, call or text 0490886215. That's 0490886215. Or see online, eventbrite.com. Search AMA Melbourne. That's AMMA Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 and the AM dial. Thanks very much, Dale and Trevor for supplying this information on this incredible case that's just broken out in the last week here in Melbourne, in Victoria. I mean, we started this whole debate about Lauriston Girls, mm. Lauriston Girls High School, which, which, which presented saying that one in four of their students had a disability and so therefore should get money attracted, taxpayers' money, because they could to, to help educate these disabled children at Lauriston Girls um, uh, High School. Now, let's just, just before we go any further, and I think this is fascinating, and I'm going to thank Julia Gillard for this, because I actually know about the socioeconomic breakdown of the kids that go to Lauriston. Oh. You know, often we talk about quartiles. Mm. Quartiles are you divide up the Australian population into the poorest, the richest, and then these two middle quartiles, which are sort of upper middle and lower middle poor. Mm. You know, in Australia we talk about, you know, lower class people <laughs> and upper class people and aspirational middle class and... Not so aspirational middle class. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Lauriston. The girls at Lauriston. It's a girls' school, of course. Um, there's 880 of them, so it's a quite large, but not too substantial school. I don't think it can get any larger because it's on a very small block. Hmm. Um, it's, in, it's all squeezed up there near in Turak. So, how many kids do you think will be from the lowest quartile, Dale? Now, bear in mind, it costs between twenty-six and thirty thousand dollars to send your child to this school each year. Oh. Hmm. Well, just at a guess, I'd say zero. You're right. There are no poor children in this school. None at all. What, not even Brainiac ones? Not even Brainiac scholarship kids. Wow. So even if you're really smart, you still don't get to go to Lauriston if you're poor. Yeah. Lower middle class kids. You know, so these are aspirational, you know, they're, 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 they're not poor. They're in, they're, they're, they're in the third top quartile. They're not in the. They're not poor. How many kids do you reckon go to Lauriston that are in the second lowest category? Bear, bear in mind, this is, you know, between those two categories, that that's half of Australia. None. Oh, that's a bit mean. There's three percent. Three percent. The other ninety-seven percent of the kids in the school come from either the top quartile, the second top quartile, wow. second top quartile. From the top quartile, eighty-three percent. So 83% of the kids at that school it's are It's a rarefied the, atmosphere, isn't it? It's immensely rarefied, which makes me think I better not go around making any money <laughs> because if disability is correlated with wealth, as it, as it is at Lauriston, then that means the wealthier yeah, you, you don't are... Don't send your girls there. They'll, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll be, get diagnosed. They'll get diagnosed with a disability. <laughs> so if you're a parent out there and you're sending your child to Lauriston, I, I think very carefully about the $30,000 you're spending to send your child there because one in four of those children have a disability. Or at least and, end up with And them. I don't know about you, but I don't want my child hanging around with children like that. 
isn't that the reason that you send them to an exclusive school in the first place so that oh. they don't have to be around people like that? Oh, I'm just so confused. Oh. I don't know what's I just, going I've got to say, it just makes me sick that we fund this exclusivity. The I, whole thing. We fund the whole thing. It just makes me so... I'm just not meant to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, though. I was going to say, we, you, me and I, because we pay taxes... Um, yeah, we, we're putting in about $3,000 a year to the education of each one of those child children. Oh, just so feral. About $3,000 each year, taxpayers, state and federal government. And you know what? I'm not sure, and I will find out, whether this extra loading for disability is actually included in their school budgets or whether, oh or whether, or whether this is just off the books. Wow. Off the books. Millions of dollars off the books. Oh, it's just, it, it gets really depressing, doesn't it? Does. It does. It's, it's yeah. the very definition of a rot, isn't it? Yep, it is. Um, oh, by the way, if you look at the NAPLAN results, um, well, obviously because they've got all these students with a disability, mm. there's one in four students with a disability, you, you would expect, of course, their NAPLAN results to be mixed. Yeah. You know, no, they're brilliant. Of they're, course. They're, 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 off. they're good compared to similar schools in terms of wealth, uh, but they're brilliant compared to all the children of Australia. So... Morrison's doing, a, I mean, if you think about the teachers they're there. They're doing a great job they're, of testing. They're doing a great job of teaching all those children with a disability, one in four students how with a disability. How to do the tests. How to do the tests. Mm. I'm sorry for being so sarcastic with this whole thing. No. So, something's, Birmingham, Birmingham can't just walk away and say, oh, yeah, we're going to work out the better numbers and data and stuff. Yeah. Because, look, it's $3.2 million for that one school. Yeah, that's crazy. $3.2 million for that one school over, over a period of time, that doesn't need to go there. Obviously doesn't need to mm. go there, so stop it. Mm. Just stop it <laughs> Just now. Just stop. Actually, $3.2 million is a scandal, even at federal levels. Don't you think? For one school. One school. It's $222 million in, uh, after, after 2018 for all the schools in Victoria. Too much funding. Mm. That's a scandal. I mean... It's- what do you buy for that? You buy a lot of good stuff for people. That's where these wellness centres come in, doesn't it? So oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, we get because, on. you know, a lot of these uh, diagnoses aren't going to be uh, visible, mm. you know. They're going to be your invisible disabilities. It's all getting a bit comfy. Do you know what? Let's change the subject. Please. Let's talk about a really nice school. Because state schools are great schools, as we know, Excellent. and every every week now we actually highlight a particular school that's doing a particular good job, sometimes under very trying circumstances mm. and sometimes not. Um, today we're going to focus on a little school just around the corner from perhaps some of our listeners because it's here in the inner city of Melbourne. It's the North Melbourne Primary School. Ah. North Melbourne Primary School. I'm, I'm, I'm not an alumni of that august institution myself, but I actually have very close family members that are. Um, who've been to that school over the years. Um, North Melbourne Primary School, what's going on there? Well, the first thing I'm going to let you know is, question number one, are they providing value for money? Mm. Taxpayers value for money. Right. Because it's a state school, they have to take everyone, gladly, because that's what their values are. Mm. It's a free school. Yes, they have some charges, and at North Melbourne Primary School, I'll have to say, um, they have fees and charges of around about $600 a year, um, I know that relates to the technology program, but I also know, and I know this for a fact, that if you come from a, a home where those charges cannot be paid for all sorts of obvious reasons, basically because you haven't got the money, you don't pay them. That's all right. The school sorts that out because... They is, find a way. They find a way. It is a state, it is a state school. So it's free. It's circular. 
No, nope, you don't get any, like, you know, dying people on crosses on walls. You don't get pictures of Mary McKellett looking down at you knowing what you've done. You don't, you don't get any iconography. You don't get, um, you don't get religious instruction. But you don't get told you're going to burn. Uh, no, and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, it's a state school. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, actually. I'll have to find out if they actually have chaplains coming into the school and doing religious instruction, but that's, that, that, that's separate to the school. Mm. Um, no, they, they don't have to go to church to, to pass grade three or anything like that. Uh, they don't get confirmed and they, they, they don't get in functionally indoctrinated in any religious organisation because it's a state school. So it's free and it's secular. Uh, it's universal. I can tell you right now that the socioeconomic makeup for the students at um, the students at North Melbourne Primary School is very broad. There are, and I can tell you, 54% of the kids come from a background, a language background other than English. So a different mm-hmm. language is spoken um, in the home um, than, than than English. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 ethnically diverse. Uh, there are refugee families there. There are established families there from all sorts of ethnic backgrounds because Australia's been multicultural for a long time. Hmm. It's an interesting place, actually. It's an interesting school, um, and it's an inner city school. Now, the interesting thing about this school is it's not. Yes, they have a lot of kids um, from from different backgrounds, but in reality, what's happened is that. As the inner city demographics have changed, a lot of wealthier people have moved into the inner city. Mm. And there's not a lot of private schools in the inner city for, for, for primary. I mean, there's the new one just opened up called Halebury. Anyway, people can go there if they like. It's a free country. But North Melbourne Primary School has a reputation. It's a very good one. Good, solid state education. And so wealthy parents are sending their kids there. In fact, so many wealthy parents are sending their kids there that there are now... 800 kids in a primary school. That's a lot. They have double-decker portables. They oh, have wow. Sec- no, did, 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 did you go to school with portables uh, and portable stuff? Portable buildings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Relocatable buildings. Yeah. yeah, they've got double-decker ones there. Wow. They've got double-decker ones. They've got second-floor second, second floor portables because that's the only way they can squeeze the kids in. Mm. It is an incredible growth because despite what Mr. Kennett said back in the 90s, um, a lot of young parents and a lot of young families are moving into the inner city because mm. of, because the demographics changed. A lot of people live there, and they make babies, and the babies turn into kids, and the kids go to school. Where do they go to school? Well, 800 of them go to the North Melbourne Primary yeah. School. It's packed out, absolutely squeezing. I mean, they keep taking away their playground to put up more portables. They have to put up more portables because they need more kids. <sighs> There is a very, very, very strong need for a new primary school in the inner city, and in fact, there will be one. There will be one down on Docklands, which is great. But that's a not state school. State school. Oh, state school. Yeah, there will, there will be a new state school in the inner city in Melbourne, which is great. But let's just talk about what North Melbourne is doing at the moment. They're a very beautiful school. I like them. They're <laughs> nice. I mean, it is a very welcoming place. It's a very friendly place, and it has actually strived and it succeeds to develop supportive and inclusive learning environments. Oh. There's that word, inclusive. inclusive. And do you know what? You don't just say it, you do it if you're mm. in a state school. If Lauriston Girls talked about inclusive, I suppose they're probably oh. talking about being inclusive of disability, which they've made up. Mm. But at a North Melbourne primary school, it is what it is. Now, interestingly enough, um, probably about 15% of the kids come from the lowest, poorest half of Australia. So actually, in reality, um, 64% of the kids come from very wealthy backgrounds in a state school. Mm. 
So it's a state school where the rich people said, nope, that's good, that's fine, I'm sending my kid there. There's no point doing anything else because it's the best school around. Hmm. And in fact, I can tell you, the local private schools in the area are not having a boom in enrolments because Herald Street just does a good job. So how much does, how much does it cost? How much does it cost me, the taxpayer? I'm always looking for the prices of things mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Oh. How much does it cost the taxpayer? A bit over $9,000 a year. That's not bad. It's not bad. $9,000 a year to educate a child. That's under. Yes, it is. It is under. Because the X year is higher because they're wealthy kids. Wealthy kids take less money to educate. So um, just to listeners who don't know what I mean when I'm saying that's under, uh, $12,000 is what what we kind of worked out? Yep. About $12,000 is what you need to educate the inverted commas. I'm I'm doing the thing here in the studio. (laughs) The average Australian. Yeah. Like, they're not particularly rich, they're not particularly poor, they're not particularly smart, they don't have a disability. Yes. Um, just the average Australian takes about $12,000 to educate a child in primary school to do that, and takes about $14,000, sometimes thirteen, about $14,000 to do the same thing in a secondary college. Mm-hmm. Mainly because secondary colleges, once you get to VCA, you need resources. Because yeah. the learning there gets complicated. Gets like, specified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're doing a music course, you, you've got to have instruments for the band. Like, mm. if you're doing science, you need to do the experiments. Mm. You've got to have beakers. Um, you've got to have beakers and chemicals and stuff. Mm. Sorry, I'm showing my ignorance of chemistry. I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, personally, chemistry is a mystery to me. If someone wants to complain <laughs> that I know nothing about it, please feel free to ring up, call 3CR, and say, Rob knows nothing about chemistry. Stop and talking about science. You'd be right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or STEM, as we call it now. Yes. What do you call it? STEM. Tell me. Can you explain that to me? Science, technology, education and maths. Oh, there you go. So it's all in the little umbrella. And and I can tell you it's the STEM subjects at Herald Street are very well supported, especially for girls. Ah. Yeah, STEM subjects for girls and boys. um, Because often and often the gender roles that get associated with science and technology and engineering and mathematics um, are ingrained quite early. I don't do maths. Yeah, right. Said the person who's often portrayed as a girl Mm. um, at the the North Melbourne Primary School. That's not allowed. (laughs) Verboten. Yeah, science isn't gendered. Technology is not gendered. Engineering is certainly not gendered. Mathematics is not gendered at all. They work very hard, certainly, to get uh, girls and women involved in the STEM subjects, even Mm. at primary school level. That's great. It also just, by the way, happens to be a feeder school for university high, uh, which is a selective or semi-selective high school um, in the centre of Melbourne, which is considered to be a good high school, and it is a good high school. Um, Again, I know people that went there, although it's not my alma mater. Um, And because it's a feeder school for that, a lot of people buy into the area. Um, The North Melbourne Primary School is known locally as the Errol Street Primary School, and because it's so good, I can tell you right now, there is a premium on property... On buying houses to get into that school. Wow! It's around about between two and three hundred thousand dollars. You will pay extra for a house on the side of the road that allows you to send your child to the Errol Street School or the North Melbourne Primary School. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so even when a state school is blindingly as successful as the Errol Street School is, there's this strange thing where in Australia it still gets put into a sort of a a sort of marketplace of, 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 of what's good and what's bad. If you just opened another school, so you could have a couple of primary schools of 400 kids each, wouldn't that be better? Because I know there's people out there that are much better specialists than me in primary education that will say that once you get a primary school beyond a certain size, it's not quite so good. Mm. 
at Errol Street is a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Um, what are what are its results like? They're okay, they're okay. They're better than average, but that's but that's only reflecting the fact that a lot of the students who go there come from um, wealthier families. Wealthier families being strongly correlated, of course, with valuing education at home. And before I say anything about anything else, I'm just going to say very simply that all the data in the world points to the fact it doesn't actually matter what school you go to, whether you go to North Melbourne Primary or West Melbourne Primary or East Melbourne Primary or South Melbourne Primary. That really doesn't matter. It's how much education is valued when you go home that is the one thing that means more than anything else when it comes to how good an education you're going to get. The school you go to doesn't really matter. But sometimes you get these special little schools like North Melbourne, which are their own communities within themselves when they do very special things, certainly for the students that might be struggling in other areas, because at Errol Street, at the North Melbourne Primary School, they are welcome because they're a proper state school. Something you can't say about Lauriston Girls, because Lauriston Girls is defined by who it does not welcome. Mm. It doesn't welcome poor people, although apparently, strangely enough, it does welcome people with disability in very, 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 very large numbers, even though I'm sure if you ever went and spent some time at Lauriston Girls, they wouldn't emphasise that fact when they gave you the school tour. Anyway, you've been listening to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM. We haven't had any music, so I think we should now. A few messages and then we'll be back.
welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. Look, today we've been bigging up North Melbourne Primary School and getting stuck into Lauriston and, in fact, all the independent schools here in Victoria by gaming the system. Not my words, the words of Stephen Elder, the head of Catholic education here in Victoria. I'd just like to just to end the program to pull pull back our focus. We've been focused on very specific things in particular schools and also in Victoria. I'd like to pull back out into the national sphere because it seems like the Labor Party are going to use education as one of the big whipping sticks in the upcoming election in the year, in the year or so to come. Now, Tanya Plebisic, who's been very disappointing from the dog's perspective, will actually be hosting a national schools forum in Melbourne um, in November. Hmm. As the opposition, Labor Party argues the differences in education between the two parties could not be starker. She says the National Education Forum in November will focus on hearing from parents, teachers, principals and academics about what works best to improve schools and student results. <laughs> well, Ms. Plibersek, cancel it. Save the money. It's probably going to cost you a million or so dollars. Don't bother. Very simply, don't give money to institutions that are designed to educate unless they are free secular and universal in their intake. Any educational institution that wants to, in simple terms, have an exemption from the anti-discrimination legislation, they want to hire and fire based upon any particular or peculiar religious tenants or just because they choose to, because they are a religious organisation that's running a school rather than a school that happens to be religious. Um, Anyone like that, just don't give them any money. (laughs) If they're running it for profit... Don't give them any money. If they're running it in a system where they demand that red tape be cut and they not be accountable, don't give them any money. If they do what the independent schools system in Victoria is doing and they attempt to gain the system, don't just take their money away. Find them and stop giving them money. (laughs) They don't need it. If a private school wants to educate people privately, they should go for their lives. Just nothing to do with me funding it. So there you go. Council solved your problems. Also solved you a great deal of money, truth to tell. Um, but anyway, she probably won't listen to me, Ms. Ms. Plibersek. If you do, give me a call. You've got my number here at 3CR, haven't you? Nine four one nine eight three double seven. Please feel free to have a chat. Um, Mr. Birmingham, too, if you've got some ideas about what to do, um, give me a call. I'll, t- I'll tell you how to solve your problems. Anyway, Birmingham thinks that Plibersek um, is not an effective politician and everything she's doing is a waste of time. Those weren't his words. Um, they were probably much more sweary than that, but they're politicians. That's, <laughs> but that's just the sort of things they say. Um, David Gonski is probably not going to involve himself in any of this because he doesn't want to be a courtier. He's a courtier, not not a political pawn. Anyway, the really disappointing thing, of course, is that Ms Plibersek, as as, as the ground rules for this National Forum on Education, she said that under Malcolm Turnbull, public schools and parishes are are being hit hard. Ms Plibersek, you're the education, Shadow Shadow Education Minister, you don't give a damn about parishes, I don't give a damn about parishes unless I'm in one. Yeah. Why is she even mentioning it? Why is she even mentioning it? It has nothing to do with the state. Mm. So she's using this whole thing at Lauriston actually as a bit of a wedge because she says under Malcolm Turnbull, public schools and parish schools are being hit hard while some elite private schools get multi-million dollar funding increases. In this she is correct, except except in Canberra. (laughs) Because in, I'm just I'm going to finish with this because this is absolutely funny. And there I was being nice to Stephen Elder in the Catholic Education <laughs> Office, but his, ma- last. but his his mates up in Canberra they they've got a good one up there. They've got a rort. 
because Catholic schools in Canberra in 2018 will receive well above their taxpayer shares of dollars with a new data reveal that it true extent of overpayment according to the federal government's new needs-based funding formula. Federal Education Department figures show the system for Catholic schools in Canberra will receive 116% of the school resourcing standard. That is 116% compared to 100% for a state school. Jeez. Catholic schools in Canberra will receive 116%, not 100%, whereas the figure should be 80 And they just will. The per-student funding for Catholic students in Canberra has changed only slightly, but the shift in how need is calculated, need is calculated, revealed the huge leap in the sector's share of the school resourcing standard. They're gaming the system. Mm. Catholics do it, the independents do it, the state school doesn't because they don't have the resources. And do you know what? They're too busy delivering free, secular and universal education to be worried about all this sort of stuff. They need support. And the one thing that really annoys me is that when the Catholic schools are being attacked, the Catholic Church and the Catholic education just jump up and down. Independent schools are being attacked, one, one, one or piecemeal. Oh, Michelle Green will jump up and down because that's her job. She's a lobbyist. State schools get attacked, who jumps up and down? We do. We do here at the dogs, but the government doesn't. No. No, 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 they don't do that. Also, the Australian education do sometimes, but they're always very careful not to annoy their Catholic friends. It's just weird. We're going to keep jumping up and down because we need to, don't we, Dale? Yeah, I despair that I live in a community that is complicit with cementing the rank disparity. You know, as a society that, that... allows a wealthy for-profit company to vie for $3.2 million of government funding for non-existent students while a successful state primary school has to piggyback portable buildings just to fit students. Because that successful state school is being successful, it pays for it it because that's what everyone wants. It's just crazy. And and we're still still playing wedge politics, you know, like... And anyway. the, yeah, and the only new school that's been opened up in inner Melbourne in the last two years, Halebury. It's a private school. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. You've been listening to the Dogs Program here on 3CR, and Dale is very, very sensibly reminding me, as our listeners always do, that I'll tell you what our website is, so if you want to follow up on what we're talking about. Our website is www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. Anyway, until next week, when Jean's dulcet tones will return to the radio, and her amazing gravitas um, as well. Um, It's bye for now from myself and Dale. I dreamed I saw Joe here last night Alive as you and me Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead I never died, says he, I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I, him standing by my bed, they framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I They shot you, Joe, says I. Takes more than guns to kill a man.
Says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill. Went on to organize. Went on to organize. From San Diego up to Maine, in every mine and mill, where workers strike and organize, it's there you find your hill. It's there you find. I'm 